What's up? This is Drew Tyrell. You tuned in to Clouded Conversations. All right, so today's guest is multi-talented artist, producer, and engineer, Drew Tyrell. Thanks for sitting down and talking with us. Thank you for having me. No, no problem. Now, you're coming out of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, before we dive into the music side of what you got going on, I want to talk more about the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what was life like for you growing up in Harrisburg? Um, that shit was normal. Um, can I cuss on the phone? Yeah, whatever. Oh, I, I was about to say, it, yeah. was, uh, it was normal. Um, I grew up on the south side, um, across the street from like Home Manor Projects. Um, it was just like any other area though. Like I feel like the city and the inner city is pretty much the same. Like it's the normal like little bit of violence, a little bit of drug shit. But for the most part, it's fun. Like it ain't too much crazy shit going on because it's a small city. But and, um, uh, not I'm, to cut you off. I was about to say, how old are you? I'm 28. 28. Yeah, okay, yeah. so you're 90s baby. So you grew yeah. up in a time frame where you actually played outside. So yeah. it's like that's kind of I feel like where your answers coming from. Yeah, real shit. I was about to say we was really outside every single day, like playing football, basketball. It was just sports every single day. So like literally, my friends would wake me up. It'd be 13 niggas outside. We go outside my from nine in the morning to Tell the street lights come yeah, on. Yeah, really. And everybody's so, dashing yeah. home. I was about to say, yeah, childhood was fun. I ain't even hold. Do you have any siblings? Yeah, I got three siblings. I got a little sister and two older brothers. And two older brothers, okay. Yeah. Um, and were your parents together? Yeah, they together, yeah. Oh, they're still yeah, together. Okay, so all yeah. the same household. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh do you come from like a musical family? I don't. It's like I don't even know how to explain it. So, like, my parents have always played hella music like anybody's parents do. Like, everybody's parents got their own, like, set of things that they like to listen to, um, vibes that they, like, get um, and shit like that. I feel like my mom gave me, like, a lot of R&B vibes. They didn't really let me listen to rap at first. Um, but my dad always played old school rap because it wasn't a whole lot of cussing and shit like that. So I had a good foundation. Like, who did he, like, when the rapping first started? Like, yeah, okay. he played, all right, so my dad, like, uh, Big Daddy Kane, that's okay. one of his favorite people. He, like, uh, he, like, Public Enemy, so he, like, Chuck D. You know? A lot of he, conscious, like, yeah. social justice. And he, like, meet motherfuckers who could really rap. So, like, I feel like I always had that from the start. Like, he was a Biggie, a Biggie fan. Uh, he had Tupac shit. Like, so he liked everything a little bit. But um, I think his favorite was Big Daddy Kane just because of the wordplay and shit like that. But um, in terms of just overall musical influences, I don't know. Like my brother, my oldest brother, Wayne, he rapped. And then my brother, Matt, he's in between us two. He probably did music first, but he sang. So like, but I didn't think I was going to make music. I don't even know why I made music. Why you made music? <laughs> yeah. Now it's like you're the, the, the mixture of the big older brother, yeah. the rapper, and the singer. Yeah. Um, now you grew up in the same household, siblings, and... Uh, with the parents was education like important in your household mm-hmm. like yeah for sure um, I mean with my dad's side of the family it was like college or nothing for real for real so I didn't really have a choice on that side my mom from Jamaica so she more got like an immigrant aspect to it like just be cool in life type shit like just be happy so like I feel like it was both sides to it but my dad was pretty much like hey, you going to school bro like what else you gonna do so Definitely went to school, all that type of shit. And were you a good student? Um, When I wanted to be. Like, I was smart, but I didn't care. So it was like, it was different. And it wasn't like a not care for no reason. It was just like things then. I didn't have no passion for a lot of the shit that was going on. Like, all I cared about was ball. 
So it was like if it wasn't bought, mm-hmm. it wasn't really about to get my attention. So you just pretty much did what you had to do to be, make the team. Mm-hmm, pretty much. And it's crazy that you bring that up because I was just about to mention, I seen your IG videos of you hooping. So mm-hmm. it's like basketball is something you've always done. Yeah. And obviously we, we would say your favorite sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first love, I would say. Because like, I don't know, I just feel like my whole life I wanted to do something like great. So like at first I felt like basketball was the way to do that. So I was like I'm just trying to do that. Like so. Every and is day. that a default? Cause how tall are you? Six five. Okay, yeah. So yeah. It's like it could, it sort of was, but it also was just like I don't know. I really love it. Like so, it was, I don't know. It was natural. It was real natural. Do you remember your first moment where you like played ball or like you seen the game and you was like, yo, like that shit's crazy. I remember watching um, the Lakers and the Sixers in the finals. Okay. And I was a, a big AI fan. I didn't like Kobe, RIP Kobe. I didn't <laughs> like Kobe though, for whatever reason. I think that was the time frame. Like that was just the yeah. stigma around Kobe, but still just not had, like Yeah, him, like. that was the narrative they was painting at the time. So like AI was just like the underdog. So I was just watching that show. I'm like, damn, this shit really crazy. But mm-hmm. then um, I didn't really watch basketball until LeBron came in. And that's that's always been my favorite player. But. Yeah, I love yeah. him. Nobody can tell me nothing about him. He has to go on Grinnell like shit. See, we, we agree. But so we're not going. All right. This, 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 I don't want to get into this conversation. He the GOAT, but he's not a better basketball player than Michael Jordan. If when it comes to just being a dog. I'm going to say, I disagree with that like, because bas- like he's a better basketball player. He just don't have the... He don't have the the... He lacks the the ability to take over and not feel sorry about it. Like he feels that's, obligated to involve his teammates. That's a big and it's part like of and sometimes, game, bro. bro, you gotta like really just go out there and show them why you LeBron James. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You gotta be a like, closer. Yeah. So, so it's like I respect the fact that when Jordan got you down, you not finna get up. So it's like that's that's. And there's one always pros and cons to everybody's game because when we with Kobe or Michael when they had that type of dog player like oh well get your teammates involved well, why are you yeah. playing with them and then LeBron well, why are you passing the ball so right. it's like we always gonna find it's something. It's give and like, take. It's give and take yeah. with it. It's give and take. But Michael Jordan's game is beautiful. So yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know, he got a beautiful game, bro. <laughs> Now, uh, when you come to the court, like, do you come with your five already, or you can pretty much run with anybody? I just show up for real. Like, if it ain't the homies or some shit like that, then I just show up for real, for real. It's whatever. And um, are you normally picked because you're a tall guy, or? Like- yeah, I feel like people will pick me because I'm. I, I'm played like oh, big man. Yo, you try to play, but but I'm like, I get on the court and I'm dribbling and shooting threes and shit. They're like, oh, alright, man, yeah. So, like, yeah. so how would you describe your game? You like you said you get on the court shooting threes, yeah. like. I mean, I don't even know, cause I don't want to gas myself. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I'm just like a big guard, a big guard that like a uh, playmaking guard, dribble, shoot. I could do whatever, like for real, for real. Yeah, I'm saying, cause you're defense. six five, so NBA wise, you would necessarily be a guard. Yeah, for smaller, sure. Smaller on the forward side, but yeah, I'd probably be, be either a point guard or or just like a defensive two guard, some shit like that. Now, I had an interesting question that I thought of when I seen you, you know, play basketball. I want you to put together your all-time list from point guard to center, starting by. That's crazy. And it might be a little thought process, but I don't know. Like, because I know I can name five players in five different positions that I probably All right, would. so do it got to be, All right, don't gotta be who all I time. think is the best or who I like the best? 
who you like the best. Who I like the best. And who you yeah. feel like if you went to the court with that, you know, you got a strong chance of just winning up every game. Like. Alright, so I'm on the five too. Yeah, I'm gonna put you in there to make. Oh, Alright, so I'm the one. What's all your right, position? Bet. You got to call it out. Yeah, I'm the one. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm the one. Give me Steph Curry as the two, cause he just gonna compliment everything I do. Give me Brian at the three. Give me KD at the four. And give me uh I gotta say Shaq, bro. Cause if Shaq ever see this here, bar me the fuck up. <laughs> I gotta say Shaq. Definitely right. good. Yeah. This track coming immediately. So me, Steph, Brian, KD, and Shaq. Yeah, we run that bro. Real shit. I think I think that's that's pretty versatile. You, Shaq saved you with having something in the middle. Real shit. Like Real the shit. rest of them, and I got KD and stuff. Like yeah. oh, I got Brian. Like oh yeah, that's a wrap. Right. I might not have to do shit. I can yeah. stay in the corner. You gonna be literally the yeah. fifth man. I was like, like say, I just got chill. I just got not miss shots. <laughs> Is there any other sports that you're into or that you played? I played football for one year only because just like. I was just never really into it. But when I played, I was all right, though. Like, I started. I started at receiver. Um, I only played a couple games, though. I ended up breaking my finger on oh, some dang. goofy ass shit. But it was promising. Like, it, it let me know if I would have played more. Like, pretty much whatever I wanted to do, I could have did. It. But I just didn't care about that much shit. Like, Is there a reason why you didn't care about that much shit at that time? Like, I ain't know no better. I ain't know no better. I think that's one of the things that life teaches you is like how much you don't know. So it's like, you gotta have good like elders and shit in, in your life to tell you like the possibilities of like what you could do and shit like that. Like my parents, not that they didn't tell me that, but they didn't give me like specifics. They was just always like, well, you could do what you want to do, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, well, what do that mean? Like, yeah, like what's out there for me? Like what's possible? So Especially growing up in an environment where it's like, it's not too many examples of it's like shit. sports it's like, or rap, which is like, and I never thought I was going to be a rapper. So, like, yeah. so, hey, but here we are. <laughs> when I listen to your music, um, kind of like transition a little bit, you do speak a lot about different emotions and situations in regards to like females and family. Mm -hmm. um, have you always kind of like had a difficult time with love? Like even if it's just like platonic with friends or females? like Yeah, I think so. Like, like you said, growing up where we grew up, it's like, there's already a lack of love in the community. Like, it's a lot of just like, I wouldn't say hate, but it's like discomfort among people because like, it might be where you live at or the fact that you just like, you might go to a new school, people just treat you weird, shit like that. Like, I switched schools probably like every year until sixth grade, mm -hmm. just for like, I don't even know what reason. I just kept going to every elementary school after the drum, so it was just weird. <laughs> But I was always just a new kid trying to figure that shit out. So I was just already like on my own at that point. But um, I don't know. I feel like I've been in, in relationships too. Like I've been in, in a relationship for like multiple years, shit like that. So like that played a big part in it. Um, and then I feel like that's just a big aspect of my family life too. Just because like they be trials and tribulations with that shit. So I just be trying to talk about everything. Like it really just be van. Like that's all the music be for real. And what would you say like led to your first heartbreak? Like the thing that you feel like changed your perspective on love? That's a good question. I don't know. Primarily. It's weird. It's weird. I ain't gonna lie. Basketball was my first heartbreak. When you realized it wasn't yeah, gonna be. Yeah, when I realized it wasn't even like realizing it wasn't gonna be. It was realizing that it wasn't in my control. Because mm -hmm. in sports, 
people, when you play sports, you know how much your coach and your, your even your teammates or the school you play for, everything plays a part in how far you go. So as I was going, I was just like, bro, I don't got the right cards in my hand for this shit to work out. Like, I don't, I'm not in the right place. I'm not playing the right position. I'm not for the right coach. Like, mm -hmm. nothing was just in my way. So I was just like, it created like a little depressed period. Like, I stopped giving a fuck about school. Like, everything was just like, fuck it. Cause I didn't see my vision. That's a realization. Anymore. Like, to realize, yeah. like, my dream ain't even in my hands. It's like, not even, it's not even reachable for real. Like, and that, I feel like that's something a lot of athletes can relate to because you know you got the skill, you got the game, but literally mm -hmm. you being in an environment where everybody in the on the team might have a certain thing. Now the coach yeah. is putting position between you getting five minutes and you getting three minutes and exactly. we just two stacks. So exactly. like it's a good thing for the coach, but a bad thing for the players. Exactly. Especially when we got multiple seniors and it's like I, it's a lose-lose for a lot of people. Yeah, you just got to deal with it. You can't really do much about it because it's everybody's future at stake. It's not just yours. So. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was one of the, the first heartbreaks that I had. Um, even though I went to college and still played, like, the same thing happened. It was this, like, I didn't choose that school. Like, I was just, I was going to go to Shippensburg already and just be a student. And so you was, walked on? Yeah, I walked on. It was a preferred walk on. My coach like called the coach like I don't know if he's trying to make up for it or whatever but but he called Shippensburg like yo I think I got a player coming up there you should look at him blah blah so they hit me up like yo we want you on the team that shit lasted like I got through the preseason and like three games and then it was just too much it was at the point where school like I already didn't like I said I didn't give a fuck about school and my dad made me go mm -hmm. so it was just like damn why am I here athlete, as like, a walk on yeah. I'm breaking my ass like in preseason workouts I'm not getting no scholarship money I'm just like bro this shit ain't making sense no more so like it was just one day in practice me and coach had like a little you know what I mean and he started making everybody run because of what me and him was going through and I just was like, fuck it, this ain't worth it no more. So I just, I mean, I just left. Right. I was like, fuck it. Um, literally probably like started rapping not long after that. <laughs> for I don't know what the fuck reason. I'm going to say, so you. did that become like music? Because you said you never seen yourself as a rapper. I but never you, did. You got emotion, you feel like shit, you need to vent. So it's like. Yeah, you see what happened is my brother and them was rapping at that time. So it was like. They was doing a machine life thing in the city. They was doing like little shows here and there. They had done some beat battles and won some shit. So they was like bubbling a little bit. And I had just heard, I had just heard, uh, what's the Kendrick album, the first one? Uh, Good Kid, Good Kid Mad City. Good Kid Mad City. I had just heard Good, Good Kid Mad City. So I wasn't even a Kendrick fan, but I think Swimming Pools was the first song that I liked. And then I heard the whole album and I was just like, bro, it's just like a, audio book mm. like it just felt so real and that just made me interested like damn I know people who make music I feel like I could try that shit so I just randomly started like rapping on my voice notes on my phone type shit like on random little YouTube beats like and that's just I don't know that shit just progressed over time I guess and you would say that was what around 2016 2017 uh, that was way earlier oh that too I would say so on, on Apple Music it says my shit came out in 2017, but that's really from 2015. Oh, so, so it was actually a four-year break, like a four or five-year break in between me dropping. So like, I started making music when I quit basketball. That was the end of 2013 or the end of 2012, going into 2013. Okay. So I think the first time I recorded was 2013, sometime in there. But like, 
like Party and some of them songs from like the Trail EP, those are from 2014. And then 2015 was when I finally dropped it, like I think on SoundCloud or some shit. Mm-hmm. But then like fast forward to 2017, that's when they like let people start putting this shit on uh, Apple Music, like regular people. And that's why that joined on it for 2017. Okay. That was, so that was really it. like the beginning of Yeah, it was a long, like I was in college like when I made that shit like in my bedroom. Did you go back and listen to those, to those old and first like songs that you put Sometimes. together? Sometimes. Some of them I still like. Some of them, like, that shit was hard. Like, but some of them made me cringe. I'm like, saying. yeah. Some of them, like, that shit was poop as fuck. <laughs> now, you, I also mentioned like you're a producer and an engineer. So when you mm-hmm. first started off, were you producing or you were going to look for beats in? I was. I had to because, um, like, I had Keys, my homie Keys are done. He producing shit. He the one who kind of introduced me to just, like, the the back end, or not even the back end, really the front end of music. So, like, the production, um, like, recording, all that type of shit. Like, he was the first person that recorded me, all that type of stuff. So, he was always making beats. Like, as long as I knew him, he was making beats, like, ever since he was, like, 12 type shit. So, I really just started gaming with him, like, yo, show me how to make beats, blah, blah, blah. And then um, that was freshman year of college. But at the end of freshman year, I had got in trouble or some whatever the fuck type shit. So my parents told me I had to go to uh, stay with my grandma over the summer. Yeah, got she was like, you can't stay in the city. Fresh they like, yeah, real shit. Also, funny ass shit. They sent me to fucking Ocean City, New Jersey, which is like a beach town. It's like, like I don't want to say it's whitewashed, but it's like. It's, it's a, a family, it's a family yeah, town. Yeah, it's yeah. a tourist town. So it's like, it's a dry joint. Like you can't handle liquor, all that type of shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm down there working at the beach, like on the parking lot type <laughs> shit, like for the whole summer. So like, but while I was there, I just got all this like pirated, like Fruity Loops and shit like that off like Google and shit like that. And then I just started fucking with the beats and just started making shit. Like I just had to finesse it because I ain't had nobody giving me beats. And then, like I said, that shit just built over time. Cause anytime I do some shit, I just feel like I gotta be good. I can't be like lame at doing that shit or else why I do it. So like when you first started, were you letting everybody know that's what you was getting into? Or you was like kind of nah, dabbling in trying to I told bro, I told bro, I told Stan, I told uh I told my man Sam that was on the basketball team with me when I first quit. I was like, bro, I'm out there rap. He's like, you on some funny ass shit, bro. <laughs> I'm like, nah, yo, I'm out there. Like I was on some funny shit when I told him, but I'm like, nah, yo, I'm out there just do it like now nah, I mean just as a as something to pass time so I didn't even know that me starting that shit was gonna end up where it's at now to where I'm in the studio now and I make music all the time type shit like but I don't know I, I felt like I couldn't see it going downhill or anything like that because like I said why even start it in the first place I knew I was gonna put the work in and be good at it so it was just like fuck it once I made a decision I just started going for it do you feel like you're better at one more than the other or like you're kind of like a triple threat? I think I'm better at writing now. There was a point in time where I felt like I was better at making beats, but it was really just because I had spent enough time writing. Mm-hmm. Like I was trying to do everything. I was recording myself. I was making beats. I'm writing the songs and shit. So it was like for a novice, it was too much. Cause I was like, yeah, I'm making cool beats, but my songwriting lacking because I'm not working on it. Like, oh, yeah, my song, I wrote this dope song with this cool beat, but I can't mix it because it don't sound right. <laughs> it so sound it was right. just like years and years of like hitting a wall, like, fuck, bro, I'm not like getting the right quality, like on all three fronts. So after a while, I felt like I just started getting better. So then that's when like, probably like close to the time period when bro started really just like pushing me to drop some shit probably around like seven or seven, seven for seven time period 
when my mixes just got like up to par and mm-hmm. I was just like fuck it I'll let people hear this shit like now when did you start like producing and mixing for other people um like 2016 maybe okay I had the, I had a, another guy that was managing me at first and he had just pushed me to like give him a beat pack or something cause he was like I see you produce you do this and that like give me a beat pack I'll give you a thousand dollars for it and I'll just shop it myself so I was like, all right. He was like, give me like 20 beats. So I just gave him 20 beats. And that was the first time I ever really was like, yeah, I want some Make some money and I'm a producer. Yeah, real shit. It's lit though. So I was like, fuck it. Um, now, when you're working with other artists and they're like, you're producing, how do you approach that creatively? Like, mm-hmm. do they come, it depends on how they come to you. Like, well, I got a song I need a beat or mm-hmm. I ain't got nothing but an idea. Like, I think I get every type of scenario, honestly. Um, when I'm, I'm probably like three years into the engineering full-time type stuff like in terms of other people um i say the biggest aspect of it is just like being a people person like you gotta know how to deal with people's personalities you gotta know how to deal with people when they frustrated because music is one of the things where it, you can be real self-conscious about what you're saying mm-hmm. and how you're performing it so you gotta make people feel comfortable all that type of shit but once you get past all of that um it just comes down to like you said what they want I have people that come in and be like, um, I got a YouTube beat. I'm just about to rap this song that I wrote at home. And that joint be simple. I got some people that come in with a YouTube beat. They don't have shit. They like, y'all about to bar for bar this joint, the whole song. I'm like, all right, bet. I have some people who like come in they're like, they're pop singers and they have a group and they're like shuffling in and out of the booth, like punching in and out, like going back and forth and shit. So it's, it's all types of different experiences. I have people who come in just for beat sessions so he'll just pay for my time. I'll sit there and like, he'll bring his own samples and I'll chop the samples up for him and then make beats for him. So mm-hmm. it's like anything people want for real. Whatever I feel like I could do, I just offer that shit. Just offer that as a service. Yeah. That's pretty lit though, cause it's like, you're like a one-stop shop on top of you have a creative mind to also help like funnel those who aren't necessarily know where they want to go, but you can give them some pointers to get them there. So that's super helpful. Right. Um, is there one that you prefer to do more? Like, if you had to choose, like, which would you focus on? Um, being an artist, engineer, or producer? Yeah, I'd probably focus on being an artist. Because I feel like in every other aspect, like I said, you got to be a people person. And I tend to not be a people person <laughs> a lot of the time. Like, I'd be going against the grain of my natural self to, like, be a people person. But I understand that that gains me value and notoriety, whatever the fuck. So... I just be trying to do what I got to do so I can do what I want to do. So my mom always be trying to tell me. <laughs> That's good. So. All right, so you released five albums, two EPs, and a handful of singles since 2017, officially 2015, um, with most coming out more consistently as of 2020. Think about your first project up until the most recent, Love is Life, and tell me what comes to mind as it relates to your growth in each area. So I guess I could start with Trill. That was just kind of like, those was literally like my first couple of songs like that I ever really felt confident in. So putting them out, that was like the initial, I feel like when you first start doing music, you don't really know how to do music or like how to release it, how it's supposed to go, how you're supposed to look as an artist, all that type of shit. So that whole art, like album, I mean EP, whatever you want to call it, it was just me putting some shit out there. Like, it's like basically saying I make music. That's all that was. Um, I think I dropped like two little small EPs in between that. Those was just like, 
more of that really just trying to figure out what the fuck I was doing for real um, I didn't feel like anything really was substantial until 7 for 7 cause um, even the cover like me being on the drone with my shirt off like people was like Yo, why you on the drone with your shirt off I'm like it's the message that it sends like I'm a real like private type person so for me to like this is me showing y'all like alright I'm out here like I'm really I'm really about to start giving y'all like me so like that cover really signify everything about the album for me. So um, I felt like that was, I gave people like different flavors on it. Like they got to see different sides of what I could do. Um, the production was better. The rapping was better. Everything was just better. So um, starting with that shit, that made me feel confident to go into um, Keep Faith. And Keep Faith was, um, that was recorded probably in like three months. Probably like maybe less, I don't know. Like, it just started, like, everything just started coming in spurts after 7 for 7 because I just had, like, newfound confidence, I guess. So, Keep Faith was just, like, that was during a, a crazy time period in my life, too. Like, my um, my mom, she was in the hospital. She almost passed away from uh, pneumonia and all mm. kind of shit. That was, like, when COVID first started, like, too. Like, COVID, okay. Like, right at the beginning Before they announced COVID or, like... Like, she was in the hospital for all of February. They announced COVID March 11th. Okay, so, yeah. So, yeah, like, basically right after... Um, and then basically after that, like a year after my grandma had just passed. So it was just like a crazy time period where I was going through so much shit. I felt like I needed to really talk about some shit. So Keep Faith is probably like one of my more personal albums where I felt like I was really getting into some like life, like tragedy type shit. But it was also something that I produced like 90% on my own. So it was kind of like me going further into that like uh, world of just me, like all me type music, like p production, uh, engineering, writing, everything me. Um, but then what came after that? I think Black, Black came after, so Black came out, that was when I first started linking with Jameson. Um, I can't even remember how me and Jameson met, bro. Like it was, I just feel like we was always cool. I can't remember how the fuck I met him. <laughs> That's bro. a good relationship. <laughs> we just been cool, yeah, I don't even know. I, I can't even try to tell you. Um, but yeah, we just been linking for like, Maybe like a, a full year, like a year and a half now. Um, bro, just hella talented, bro. Like he he made um, I think maybe four or five of the beats out of the six on um on Black, and I felt like Black was just like, literally that I was just blacking out. Like I felt like I was in a in a groove making really good music. I was talking my shit, and I was really proud of how that shit came out because he he put me on a different type of wave in terms of his production mm. like he likes to call it high octane type shit so it really turned me up like in mm -hmm. terms of the sound and shit like that so then that carried over into searching for something it was just like we made so much music together i was just like i gotta drop some more music so in between those two though i was like saving all these r&b songs i was making which was about to become love is life and i didn't even know that Dang. but it was just a bunch of r&b songs that didn't fit all the turned up shit and i was just putting them to the side but then like we dropped searching for something because I was like, I don't want to drop the R&B shit yet. It's still, it was a, uh, like, when did I drop that? December? Searching for something? Yeah. Yeah. I think I dropped it in December or some shit like that. It was just the yeah, time December period where I feel like, yeah, people still wanted to hear like me rapping and turned up shit, stuff like that. So I gave people searching for something. I think Mason did like pretty much the majority of that shit. Like then the whole thing killed that shit. Um, and then that all led up into Love Is Life, which is the one that just dropped. Which is, I feel like my most, definitely my, well, I would say Keep Faith is really personal, but Love is Life probably more personal because it's about love life type shit. It's about like being vulnerable. It's about finding purpose. 
Um, this is about things that I'd probably never really say if it wasn't an R&B song type shit. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, that's probably the process that I went through just in terms of every single project. Yeah, yeah and it sounds like your story is, is coming full circle just from, like you said, from the beginning stages. Then mm-hmm. when you start doing it yourself and then you met a different producer who like put you in a different lane, different sounds. And now you mm-hmm. really like, oh yeah, I can like, I'm so, I'm here, I'm here. And then mm-hmm. boom, give you that, that. I feel like every level of your album, you just level up with your co-signing yourself and knowing like, yo, like, this is crazy. Like, yeah. I, I watch yeah. what you do next. Like, you challenging shit. yourself. So. Real shit. I think it's just coming naturally with, um, like you said, making new music, gaining more uh, confidence and like, seeing that I could keep doing it because you don't really be knowing like you make a good song you be like damn can I make another one and then you keep making more good songs it's like oh shit maybe I'm nice like I don't know you gotta so, have yeah. that relationship. <laughs> I feel like, like every great person has to go through that moment where it's like oh wait like mm-hmm. alright maybe I really am because yeah. it's different like of course your people gonna support you they gonna tell you but mm-hmm. when you have that moment where it's like yo like I mean of course I believed in myself but like now yeah. I see why because like yeah. yo I'm really fired it's like, cemented now and it's just like you start really performing you start knowing that you could do it every time it's like as if you was in the NBA or some shit when you first like have your first string of like 20 point games you're like oh alright this ain't even that hard like they say the game slow down it's like whatever the fuck yeah you just you just you got comfortable and yeah. it can be mistaken as uh confidence sometimes can be taken as cockiness but it's mm-hmm. more so like a self-belief thing like. i play on both sides of it i've learned that it's become part of my personality because i'm so chill that people would just take me for someone who's like shy and stuff like that but i'm really really confident myself so it's <laughs> like sometimes i'll come off like an asshole because my confidence will come out, but nothing nothing comes out but my confidence. So you'd be like, oh, this nigga asshole. They kind of did it to themselves yeah. by giving you know, a pre-perception. Right, It's right. like, no, you didn't even give me a chance to speak. Like, yeah, real shit. <laughs> now, um, you said prior to you uh, linking up with Jamerson, um, you were like self-producing a lot of the project. Was, like, was it really because you wanted to perfect your craft or you just was at that time haven't found another artist or producer who like gave you a sense of fire? I think it was both. I think I was trying to perfect my craft for a long time because I felt like it would be the most rewarding if I knew how to do everything. So I was like, I know I'm gonna just try to keep getting better and better at everything because it'll only pay off. But once I've met people that could do things at a higher capacity than me like this motherfucker can make a beat in like five minutes so it's just like i was like well if he can make a beat in five minutes then i can make a song faster and then, then mm-hmm. like so i was just like you know what i'm about to just streamline my whole process by outsourcing the shit a little bit more and that shit's been working like i've been able to stay so consistent by working with other people and it's gained me so many more connections because they have people that they that fool with them they're like, yo, listen to what I just produced for homie. And then they like, oh, shit, y'all crazy together type mm-hmm. shit. Like, so it just helps. Like, it builds the whole thing for real. Now, you just spoke on, like, it being a positive part of it. But is it, like, difficult sometimes to initiate those meetings? Like, is mm-hmm. people always open to, you know what I'm saying, work? or? I think it's, it's give and take. I think now that I'm starting to get a little bit more of a name, like people are like, oh, hell yeah. But I also have been reaching out a little bit less because like I've just been so locked in on what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's both. Like a lot of people that I reach out to, they're just like, oh, hell yeah, I'm pulling up. Like they pull up ASAP. And then some people I reach out to, they, they feel like they're in their own little bubble yeah. and they just be like, nah, I'm cool. And that's that's respectable. So, cause I be on that type of time sometimes too, so. Definitely. 
Now, <clears throat> what if another artist approached you and wanted you to like executive produce their whole album? Is that something you're willing to do, or? Yeah, I mean, I've kind of been doing that with people. Um, the first time I ever did that, I literally had a homie, uh, my homie Staffa. He like he don't even rap or nothing. He just was like, bro, make me a rapper or some funny shit. So we like start doing it like as a joke, but I literally produced an entire little EP for him. He got his little rap debut off. Oh, like wow. it was funny. That was probably like 2015 type shit. But since then, I've produced a lot of stuff with people. Like um, most recently, the artist uh, Duke So Crazy from the city. He comes in a lot. Like I was saying, people will bring me in uh, samples to just chop up on the spot. He does that. Um, he got like a lot of soul samples he comes in with. So he literally come in like yo. I got this album I'm working on. These are all the samples that I think fit the concept or whatever, and then we just been cooking. So he probably got like six or seven drawings from me so far that are gonna be on the project. Um, and then I also, I offer packages where if you want me to like make the beats for the music and record with me, I offer like little packages like that. So yeah, anything, honestly, like whatever you people want to do. you write for other artists? Like have you gave, gave songs out at this point? I have given songs out, yeah. I haven't given many songs out, but I've given a few songs out. Um, and then just generally in here with people, I always help people out. Like, I'll never ask them to put my name on the shit, but niggas know I'll be up in the mouth. So it's like, yeah. He's like, I know, we know. It. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like pretty much what Drake be alluding to all the yeah, time. Exactly. Like, it's like, we know what it yeah, is. Yeah, you know, so it is what it is. Now, when you make beats or like, uh, you got a fire song, like, is there ever times where you're like, yo, I just can't sell this? Like, this gotta stay exclusive all the to time. me? Like, I do that shit all the time. I feel like, like, I be saying to Duke, I'm like, yo, I don't know how you always get me to make a hard-ass beat because I be sitting by myself not able to make shit. He'll bring a sample in, I cook him up some crack, and I'm just nigga like, oh, like, thank you, bro. I'm like, I don't even want to give it to you now. Like, I don't even want to give it to you. But nah, that shit happened all the time. I ain't even gonna hold you. Even yesterday, we had a producer, my homie Vaughn, uh, came in. And he playing beats, and we had all the homies in the room, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, I want that one." I'm like, "Nah." <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I'm like, I ain't even trying to be like that, but I really want to rap with that. Like, like, that should be funny. That'd as be fun. a fun, something fun in the studio to do. Y'all do yeah. like a wrap off. Like, all right, who wants the song? We gotta go in the studio right Niggas now. Niggas been here rapping all day. We been here rapping for see, hours see last like, night. Real <laughs> shit. Like, if you beat me, you get the you get the beat. That's what I'm saying. That should be fun, man. It'd be all fun. Now, do you think being in control of like every aspect of the project can lead to a repetitive sound or it gives you more creative freedom to like elevate and find yourself? I think once again, it's both. Because I got to a point where I felt like shit was kind of repetitive with my sound. And that's why I said like people like uh, Jameson and Vaughn and they just like put me on different vibes that I might not have made as a beat maker. But like, I feel like as an artist, maybe because I can do so much of it in my head. Like, I don't write none of my words down. Like, people have been asking me for for lyrics for, like, weeks. And I but don't it's write, all in your head. Yeah, I don't be writing none of that oh, shit that's down. that's crazy. So it's like, for me, the process, I was able to streamline it in my head when it comes to being an artist. As a producer, you can't, because you have to lay it down. So it's just like, I don't know, it's easier to rap. It's easier for me to rap, because I feel like my mind, I can think, like, something I can think about in 0.5 seconds rather than like doing and it take an hour. It's like your mind's so much faster, so it's just easier to write. Makes sense. Now, um, I also noticed there's not many features, if any, on the project. Mm -hmm. Is there a reason behind that? 
Mm, not a specific reason. One, I just don't make music with a lot of people. Like in terms of like when I'm actually in the mode of recording, like it don't be a lot of people around. Um, also, like my song topics be so personal. I just be like, nah, I don't think your perspective would like add to what I'm talking about right mm. now because I went to such a personal place. But like, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not like feature averse. Like I'm not like against doing that shit or nothing like that. But. I don't know. Sometimes I just be feeling like I, I killed that shit enough. Like, can't nobody else get on me. <laughs> That's right. That's I'm like, right. you gonna take it, don't take it. Like, if, if, if I don't feel like this person gonna kill me on that joint, I'm not putting them on there. Because that's what I would want. I want you to, like, make my verse look like the weak one. So, like, I'm, I'm not going to put and your verse on that's real, because sometimes artists, yeah. like, if they get a verse that's too far, like, nah, you got to change that. Yeah, right? real shit. Make right. me go back and rewrite my shit. Yeah, that's right. what I want. That's what I want. Real shit. That's real. Um, now, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but let's talk more about some of the songs from the project. Mm -hmm. uh, to make it a little bit more fun and interactive, I'm going to actually say a line from a song, and you got to tell us the song title and the project that it's from. Ah, uh, shit. That's it. You said you won't be. It's all in your head. You won't write it down. So That's going to be hard <laughs> as fuck. All right, let's go. I try not to pick too, one, too uh, hard one, but you know. All right, so this first one. <clears throat> and I can repeat it for you if you need me uh, to. This one says, You want my love, then ask for it. I ain't trying to deal with no passive shit. Damn. Uh, is it on Keep Faith? Yes, you got that. Nah, I know it's on Keep Faith. Uh, yeah. ah, what song is that? Is that Tyler? Yeah. Ah, I knew it. I'm thinking of the rhythm of it. Right? That gotta be Tyler. Yep, that was released March 8, 2021. Um, had yeah. 10 songs on that one. Alright, so the next line is I feel like I'm floating on a cloud. Really, I'm just falling, crashing down. I know what that is. Uh, is that Bad Mom? Yeah. Oh, yeah. From, uh, what's that, Circle 16? Yeah. Damn, that shit hard. <laughs> That's a good back. Yeah. I forgot all about that. Yeah, that one says it was released September 26, 2018. Damn. Three song EP. That's crazy. All right. Uh, this next line. Lost my brother. Read about it in an article. Yeah. What song is that? That's all black. Yeah. I think it's a. Raise the roof. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is that song? Yeah. Black EP released August 1st, 2021. Yeah, I know my song. <laughs> you got to at least get like two bars next time. Yeah, shit. Get one on <laughs> some of them like throwbacks, and he got so much words in there. That's like, it's hard to pick just something. It'd be thing. so many words. I'm like, why be forgetting my damn self? Alright, this next one, uh, this is probably the easy one, but I picked this because it's my favorite. Mm -hmm. uh, don't give me credit, I don't even need it. I'm already indebted, I'm here for a reason. That's a uh, fallback from uh, 7 for 7. Yeah, that's yeah. my favorite song. Real shit. I think that's like one of my most played songs for real. Yeah, yeah it was on the top list when I went and checked. Real shit. Uh, that came out September 29th, 2020. Mm -hmm. Alright, this next one. They say love is blind, and I already don't see well. Never learn love? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, from love is love. Yeah. 
That's another favorite line. I'm like, yeah, that was cold. <laughs> I don't see well. I don't. <laughs> My eyes are terrible. All right. This next one says, and they know I'm a problem. No, sorry. And they know I'm a real problem. Real, real problem. Ain't no stopping real niggas. Every nigga real till you see and hang around. Damn. That's an old joint. That's a, it was on Trill. Mm-hmm. What's the second song? Damn, second song on Trill. I can't remember what the fuck it's called. I know exactly what song it is, though. <laughs> that was from uh, Dreamin'. Dreamin', oh. damn, I could not remember what that song was called. Yep, uploaded to Apple Music on September 8th, 2017. Damn. And then um, this last one says, fuck who's supposed to be there. They won't be there every time. That was on searching for something. Yeah. Uh, what is that song called? It's the last song. I cannot remember what the fuck that song's called. That was uh, Drowning. <laughs> drowning, damn. <laughs> How do I be choosing the song names? <laughs> oh, feel oh, like I'm drowning. Oh, damn. Yeah, that came December 3rd, 2021. That's crazy. I don't be remembering none of that shit. When it comes to song names, let me join the blank. <laughs> now you did good. I'll give you a seven for seven because you got all the albums. Yeah, right. I was about to say, I was close. You know what I'm You got all the albums right in five out of the seven titles. So you did good with that. You really be writing your lyrics. Real shit. Um, now, before we wrap up, I did just have a few more questions just to give people a broader perspective on pretty much where your plans is, what your goal in this is, like where mm-hmm. you see yourself going. Like. Yeah. Um, in terms of like the plans for, I guess, the short term, um, definitely going to drop some more music soon. Um, really, I want to get more visuals out. Um, I want to get way more visuals out. I just feel like people definitely been like kind of fiending to just see what I'm going to come up with in terms of the visuals just because they haven't seen much and the little bit that they have seen has been pretty good so they like fuck it I want to see some more shit bro um, so that's the short term uh, in the long term I just want to um, gain more influence honestly just in my community um, not even just musically like just in terms of like creating an impact, like a positive social impact on the community, um, creating more events where people can come out and have fun, not feel like anything's dangerous. Like, um, I feel like it was a lot of years where we just wasn't getting a lot of like energy from other people because we was locked away. So like, that's that's a big aspect of life being around other people. Like you literally get sick off being by yourself a lot. So I'm just trying to really just bring more togetherness to, to my area and um, more, more namesake to my brand. Like, Drew Tyrell as in like I'm not just an artist like I'm a I'm an impactful community leader like you said I, I'm interested in different things like basketball and shit like that so I just want to be more involved with my surroundings and be more invested that's good now what do you think is going to it's going to take to get you noticed on that larger scale I think um part of it is going to be getting my face out there more for sure um I think the music is doing its part because um it might not work the fastest because it's, it's more audible than visual, but I think everything people hear, they love. So, like, it's gaining me fans every time a new person hears some shit. So, I think taking my time and making good music has gone a long way. Um, 
What was the question again? <laughs> Pretty much just what you what you needed to get noticed on that larger scale. Yeah, um, and then also just um, I think putting myself in different surroundings and putting myself around different people and people who are of that caliber and who have the connections. Um, like we spend more time in LA. Like I spend a lot of time in LA. That's probably the only other city I go to like often. Mm-hmm. Um, I have people out there that I know. We spent uh, more time in New York recently. We're trying to start going up there. Uh, we just met a producer in Boston. Um, we got plans to go to Atlanta. So really just traveling, yeah, just trying to expand, get the music out there, get the music in, in the right people's hands so that then it'll go to everybody's hands. Now, what if, you know, everything goes to plan, you done met up with mad people, but you keep coming across like kind of like the Kanye effect. They just want the producer, Drew. They don't, mm. they, the music's cool, but we ain't really trying to push that it right now. That would be interesting. Like, I wouldn't even know how to react to that. Um, I would probably just keep doing the shit on my own because like I tell bro all the time like it's not really a goal of mine to get signed like I'm trying to really build my own thing so that I don't have to depend on anybody because um, either way when you get into a situation you need some sort of leverage some sort of backing so that you can get what you want out of the situation as well that's why I've been dropping as much music as I have because at the end of the day I could sign a deal tomorrow and everything that I dropped so far is mine Yeah. so it's like unless I would sign it over to yeah. but that's my choice so I just feel like moving moving in a way that benefits me first and then worry about everything else after. That's what that's usually how that shit goes. Now, um, my final question pretty much is tell me why you believe you can make it in this business. Like when yeah. you look in the mirror, what gives you that like, yo, I'm 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 him, like Um, I don't know. It it was never really like something that just like click it happened over time like over time I just started feeling believing more and more every day because I don't really plan out that far like every day is like it's not given so it's like every day I wake up and I'm just like bro I'm gonna try to get a little bit better today so then each day that I've seen the progress the progress is like the output like the songs shit like that and that I'm able to throw like listening parties or like little events like I get to see what I'm doing physically so it's like, it's almost like stepping stones. So I can see like, all right, yeah, I could do this shit. People reacting well. They come into the events, listening to the music, all that type of shit. So I might as well just keep doing it because it can only grow. So. Yeah, you kind of just sparked the, like, the thought in my head just from thinking earlier in the interview how you spoke to like the younger you who really didn't give a fuck, no passion. Mm-hmm. like, And then just to go through that growth time and hear you talk now, just like, mm-hmm. it really is a perspective thing. Like, you see how much drive you have now when it's right. like, you knew you loved basketball, but you didn't know what was after that. So now mm-hmm. that you found music and you're surprising yourself with how much abilities you have. So I think that's, that's probably, when I listen to your music, I can hear like, literally like the passion behind what mm-hmm. you're saying. So that's why I like to listen to your music a lot because... Like you said, you're getting vulnerable, you're getting, it's more than just that party right. music. You can give me bar, you can give pretty much everything, but overall right. it's always a real sense of feeling behind that. Right. Um, now, pretty much that's all I had um, for today's interview. Why not you tell the people where they can find you at, as well as your music, um, and any special shout-outs you want to give? Well, shit, Drew Tyrell, like I said at the beginning, you can find me on Instagram at, at Drew Tyrell, D-R-E-W-T-Y-R-E-L, I don't know how to spell my name, my <laughs> um, go on Twitter, it's Drew Tyrell, M-L-E, um, you can go on YouTube, Drew Tyrell, Apple Music, all that type of stuff, um, shout out to everybody who is watching this um, in the future, um, shout out to T for having me in, um, 
and you was watching Cloudy Conversations. Oh, and go listen to Love is Life, my fault. All right, thank you again. It's been a pleasure.